my He's brother tell stories like my, my brother was very kind and generous he gave me this this almost brand new uh isuzu rodeo back back in that time it was, I remember those cars. It was a 91 yeah i remember those cars. Yeah, isuzu rodeo yeah those it was were cool little cars i mean back then i think he paid like 22 grand for it which back in 91 was a lot of money i mean this thing was nice it was black it had license plate said after dark afdr dark you know? i coveted that because i was a covetous individual yeah you remember that so anyway one day i was in the gas station some guy came to, to you know pump gas he gets out of his jalopy of a truck or whatever it was i mean this thing was just absolutely horrendous and he starts walking in toward the station and he left it and drive Gulp. and i'm standing there watching this thing going straight toward my nearly brand new asus <laughs> rodeo that i really really you know enjoyed and it just crashed right into it ray comfort You've always lived in your current home since the day I helped you move into it, which, believe it or not, was about 28 years ago. Yeah, you're right. How strange to talk in numbers like that. Ray, tell me, how adamant are you about never moving out of your house? I don't want to move. We've got a chicken coop. Who would want to move away from a chicken coop? Which is my next question. Yeah. What if they outlawed the ownership of chickens on your property? I'd move out of the country. <laughs> <laughs> Would you move, right? Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. What I, if they I, outlawed the, the owning of dogs? That, that I'd move too. I, I love my dog. I love my chickens. I love my wife. Not uh, in that order. What if, they, what if they outlawed having an Arab son-in-law? That wouldn't mind that at all. <laughs> I'm pushing for it. <laughs> you would definitely stay. Mm. Um, yeah, Ray, your, your house is a, it's a very interesting place. You remember that day I helped you move, right? It feels like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> it's all sorts of gadgets and gizmos everywhere. Ray, seriously, what, what, what is it with you and, and stuff like that? I mean, I, what I are you talking about? I'm a normal human being. I cannot, <laughs> everybody else is weird. I cannot believe how many holes uh, you have in the walls of your home. Well, that in really the walls and sh- the beds. That that just shows yeah, well, holes in the beds. <laughs> holes got a, in your theology. I've got a real and my friendships. I've got a real tolerant wife. Boy, I wanted a, I wanted to put a hose from our kitchen throughout so the birds could drink water outside or something like that. So I just drilled a hole through the wall out the other side. She didn't worry. I cannot believe you. And did it's that. because. Our treasure is in heaven. All this is just junk. Yeah. It's going to well, get burned. Daniel Comfort said that you were like this when he was growing up. He said at one point when you sat down on the couch, there was like a string. And if you pulled on the string, the TV would turn on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's before the times of remotes. We, we take remote control. So I, it wasn't string. It was fishing tackle. <laughs> oh, my bad. Get it right. Get it right, Oscar. And I could turn the volume up and down and change so, the channels from about 20 feet away. Yeah, I was well, the I was the human remote control in my house <laughs> for everybody because I was the youngest. They'd make me stand at the TV and just do that. Well, but, that's, yeah, why Ray, kids, that's why you have kids. Yeah, Ray, you had that, and then you had um, you had your bird aviary, which was basically you built a cage around your window, and that's why you had the the, the thing the going the hose going from the sink to the so you just turned it and you wouldn't had to you wouldn't yeah. have to carry water. Yeah. And then you had the... Racy's no problem with this, by the way. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you had, you used to have the counterbalances on your door. What do you mean used to? You still have those things? Yeah, of course. You open the door, and instead of getting like one of those door closer hinges, he, he put these weights. Yeah, so the doors close automatically <laughs> yeah. when you go through them, stop the mosquitoes getting yeah. in. Yeah. And then what's, what, what's, with the, what's with those like 
plastic streamer things that make me feel like I'm walking into a That's disco. That's to stop mosquitoes getting in because I've, you don't realize this. We've got super quality blood that mosquitoes recognize super and they love quality. it. Kiwi yeah. blood. And so they'll dive after me yelling, woohoo. My only surprise <laughs> whenever <laughs> I go to race houses is that I don't run into an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> a what? <laughs> Oompa, Loompa? Oompa Loompa. I don't know what Oompa Loompa is. <laughs> yeah. An Oompa Loompa? No. Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, okay. It was yeah. before my day. And then um, and the hole in your bed, and... Uh, look, when I'm dead, you'll look back and say, that guy was a genius. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's adopted the hole in the bed, and chiropractors are out of what work. What else, Ray? Writing on your shower wall. That's normal. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody should do that. Seriously. That's when you get ideas. Showering with shower. his dog, we found no, out last night. There's nothing wrong with that. Showering with the dog in the shower. <laughs> what else, Ray? You, what else do you have? Your prayer, your prayer list taped to the ceiling of I of used your to have that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I didn't hear about that one. <laughs> you had a prayer list taped to the ceiling. ceiling. Now you're starting to make me sound weird. <laughs> now, now. Yeah. I wanted Gospel of John wallpaper too, but no one picked me up on that. Imagine yeah. having your whole house, the Gospel of John wallpaper, so you can read scripture all the time. Seriously, I mean, that's the man. height of fanaticism. You are, you are seriously you intelligent. Are. You're an enigma, an enigma, man. I've never met anyone like you in my life. I, we're not even, this isn't even the tip of the iceberg of the stuff you've done over the years. My poor wife, mm. growing up with mm. pa- painting, the, painting the, the, the pool black. Well, that's intelligent. It makes the water heat up. What happened, <laughs> <laughs> what happened though, right? <laughs> what happened, right? Well, it's, uh, two, two things happened. I did it with black plastic. Firstly, I didn't want to paint it because... I didn't want to put paint in the pool. But what happened is the plastic kept floating to the top, so I had to put bricks and all the plastic down to heat the water up, and that didn't work, so I painted it black, and then paint pieces started coming up. And and also I had a black hose circling up and down the roof, so the water would heat up on the roof. This is before they had solar panels to heat the water up, so it would come down to the swimming pool. It's only just a little swimming pool, one of those circular ones. Ray, you know know how when you get your driver's license, they give you the option to donate, like, your organs? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't play one. You didn't put one on? I didn't play an organ. <laughs> Ray, you need to donate your brain to scientific research. I they wouldn't know what to do with it. They just need a small jar. I think it's disgusting. They've got Einstein's brain in a jar. That was horrible. Did they really? Yeah, yeah. It's just disgusting. I'm sure, though, your brain looks different somehow. It'd be nice, a little pink, fresh color. Because <laughs> it definitely functions differently. Anyway. I'd a- imagine it with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> That was good, Oscar. Can you imagine? Seriously, pull it out. It's got a beard. It's got his beard. And it's very short. (laughs) It's like two inches. All right, friends, enough of that. Guys, this is a very, very special episode, and you guys don't know why, Uh but I do. It shows that you don't pay attention. You're not clued into these things. You're not very intelligent. Oh, I just figured it out. This is because you looked at my screen. No, I didn't. This is the 200th Living Waters podcast episode. Did you look up Einstein's brain, Spence? Yeah. Just leave your computer alone. This isn't time yeah. to talk about Einstein. I just said this, this is, is our 200th episode. I know. He's got, he pulled up Einstein's brain on the computer. <laughs> this is, <laughs> guys, 200. That's wild. 200. That is incredible. I'm Praise sorry, the Lord. Who, no, would have, who would have believed that we'd last for 200 episodes? Seriously. What, yeah. a, what an amazing journey, friends. And thank you all so much. Again, we don't thank you enough for, for listening. Yes, for we your do. support. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do it every two minutes, Ray. That's enough. Well, I get it. And, it, is, uh, it is very humbling. We are, I would say, like a reflection that I've had over 200 episodes is one, 
I love to hear from you guys and learn from you guys. For those who don't know, we we don't do any planning or prep work together other than we get a title and then on our own we prepare and everything's organic. We come to no one's like, okay, you cover this and you cover that. That's no. probably pretty obvious if you listen to it long <laughs> enough. Uh, but the second thing is is it's been really cool. I know easy you and I have talked about this. It's been really cool to see the relationship grow between us and our listeners. Oh, I love it. Like we were reflecting on like for the TV show and for YouTube uh, and even for speaking engagements, there's not enough time to really like get to know somebody. And it's so fun because when we, when we travel now and we meet somebody that hears the podcast, like they share our inside jokes with us, yeah. you know, and they, they know they'll poke fun of, you know, poke fun of one of another for something weird that we do. And it's just, it's so fun. It feels it's weird to say this, but it feels very personal yeah. to have uh, listeners um, tune in so often and, and spend time with us. Yeah. I made a call this morning, and mum said a 16-year-old boy had, uh, it was his birthday, and I called and thanked him because he listened to the podcast. I think him and his family have listened 180 times, and he did one of those things. He did a Ray Comfort accent, yeah. and um, Easy asked how it was, and I said it was absolutely terrible, but a thousand times better than what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I talked to Jeremy this morning as well. It's Jeremy's 16th birthday, and we want to give him a shout out. Jeremy, it was such a joy to talk to you this morning, and thank you for listening, and his mom, Tammy, and uh, you know his dad's serving in the military, so it meant a lot. Uh, and Ken Ham, when I asked him, gave free tickets to the family, because they oh, live in Kentucky yeah. to go oh, to the... Wow. That's right. to the uh, what are you yawning for, Oscar? They, uh, the uh, Ark... The Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant Museum Encounter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, thanks again, Jeremy. God bless you. Uh, and uh, use this 16th year of life to glorify the Lord all the more. Mm-hmm. Amen. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and the podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. All right, friends. This comment is Why don't you from just say friends. Friends. This is from Ash Pretty 3 My favorite podcast of all time. Hello, Living Waters Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I'm 20 years old. I just wanted to tell you how grateful I am for this ministry and the podcast especially. When I first became a believer around 2021, I did not have a godly community due to the college I was going to. I would listen to the podcast every day and almost every episode. You guys equip and give biblical viewpoints on many interesting topics that have helped me with my faith. My favorite podcast has to be Christian contentment because I struggle with being content due to the circumstances of my life. I pray that the Lord continues to use you guys to advance the kingdom and do the Lord's work. I thank God for a comfort for creating this blessed ministry because it has had an impact on a lot of my close friends. Next will be easy. You guys are all like my fathers, Oscar, like my great grandfather, oh. in a way. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm thankful for, for the four of you. Thank you. 
P.S. Easy makes me laugh every episode and seems like such a cool friend to have. <laughs> Good job. Oh, oh, does that get old? Ashley. Why don't you put out a book just called Compliments About Me? Such a blessing. <laughs> Ashley knows what's up. Thank you, Ashley. That, that really uh, made our day. And what we're, I made you one. <laughs> Double made my day. All right, friends. This episode is brought to you by Treasure Chest. We just call it Treasure Chest. But it is the wooden treasure chest with 300 Ten Commandment coins. Guys, a gospel message on a coin. Only Ray Comfort could do something like that. It's got the Ten Commandments on one side and a brief gospel message on the other. 300 of them in this really cool wooden chest. Especially. By the way, I have a... I have a uh... I, um, what sort of word I'm looking for? A theory. I, a, I want to test something here. Yeah, so I'm a, I didn't plan this, but for the so this is the 200th episode. So the next comment that comes up after the 200th episode is posted that mentions either Mark or Oscar or Ray and not easy. I will send them a free mug on my <laughs> dollar, <laughs> or all three of us. And there is no mention of easy. Yeah, the problem is I won't read that one. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that, that treasure chest you're talking about is one of my favorite products. It, oh. it, it, every time I pick one up, it's so cool. It's such a quality wooden chest, and you open it up, and all these 300 coins sit there waiting to be given out. It's, it's uh, Yeah, you can put it by your door, and you know, yeah, people come it's, it's soliciting, just wonderful. whatever. Yeah. All right, friends, and don't forget the Living Waters mug and the Evidence Study Bible. All at Living Waters. Com. Ooh, that was fancy. Getting classy. All right, friends, today we are talking about, I don't even know what we're talking about. Materialism. Oh, materialism. That's right. I'm having my notes. How to break the bondage of material, mater, material, material, material. Are you a material girl? <laughs> right? Was that, was that Madonna? Yeah. Yeah. No, that wasn't. Because I'm living She in refuses a to sing that world. song in uh, concerts. And I am Why? a material girl. I think she's just sick of it. I'm not sure. Who is it? Material. <laughs> That's fair. You know, the first concert I ever went to before I was a Christian, 1984, was Madonna. Was it? Yeah. The, and uh, the Beastie Boys opened up. Really? Uh, for her, yeah. Boy, Beast. I can't believe Madonna is seriously still going. She's in her 60s, isn't she? I think she's 80s? close to 70. 70, yeah. Really? And wow. she's still wearing those silly, stupid outfits. And boy, she really, she's a, she's a God mocker, isn't oh, she? Oh, yes. Well, look at her name. Kabbalah. Madonna. Mm. Yeah. So, By the way, her costume designer is a big fan of the podcast. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Very good. Um, <laughs> that was funny, Oscar. All right, friends. Uh, so, yeah, guys, materialism. You guys are very, you guys are probably the most materialistic. Here you go. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Oh, I know. Pause, three, two, one. <laughs> You're so It's uh, a second Lamborghini that, that convinced me of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, boy, life changes, doesn't it, when you come to the Lord as far as things are, are oh, yeah. concerned? Yeah. You know, the scripture that hit me easy when I became a Christian was, what would it profit a man if he were to gain the whole world? And yet forfeit his soul. Where would you put it anyway? Exactly. (laughs) You know, the 10th commandment about uh, you shall not covet was really the commandment that God uh, used to get a hold of me. Because that was when I was going to steal a bunch of Levi jeans from a department store in Southern California. Mm -hmm. And when that uh, preacher had shared that scripture, it just pricked to my heart. Wow. I realized what a covetous individual I was. I didn't know that. Yeah. I knew that you were going to steal Levi's, but I didn't know that was the scripture. You know, I I knew I was a changed person when when this happened many years ago. I was... uh, probably 16 or 17, 
I was working for, for my family. My brother had a gas station in Huntington Beach. And uh, he that had... That I stole from. That you stole you from. You did? I, stole, yeah, I used to steal used from to that steal. gas station. Man, oh, Mark, my. you need to pay that back. I don't want to tell Frank. <laughs> Frank will beat you. I want to tell him next time I see him. You used to he steal from it when, when his, Easy's brother owned it? Yeah, Easy's brother owned the gas station. Yeah. yeah. Well, what happened was people would come in and they'd pay with a credit card. And my friend worked there, my friend Jason, I won't say his last name, but... Uh, oh, Jason's... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> People would leave their credit card, and then you go out and you, you pump your gas, but you'd, you'd leave your credit card up with the, with the teller. Yeah. And so sometimes people would leave their credit card behind, so Jason would call me up, we'd take their credit cards, and we would go shopping wow. with those credit cards. That was oh, evil, man. evil, evil, Such evil. Such a wicked man, Mark. Yeah. So when I got saved, though, I went to return uh, the material uh, to the sporting goods store, the last sporting goods yeah. store. But we knew it was Mark because we would always find all these Wiener Schnitzel wrappers <laughs> all around the gas station. Uh. Um, but anyway, before I was rudely interrupted by Mark's story, um, we had another gas station. You didn't, well, you might have gone to that one. That one, the other one was on he bombed that beach <laughs> in Yorktown. Uh, no, it was beach. Remember Ellis and uh, Maine, where they split. Alice in Maine, you know, the Jack Tor- in the Box there? The high school. Yeah, there's a Jack in the Box. And then, uh, anyhow, we had a Texaco. It's not there anymore, but um, I was working there one That's day. too many details. No. It's not there because I stole Honestly. the gas station. <laughs> you stole the, the whole gas station. My you brother, to tell stories like My, my brother was very kind and generous. He gave me this, this almost brand new Isuzu Rodeo. Back, back in that time. Was I remember those cars. Car? It was a 91. Yeah, I remember those cars. Yeah, those were cool little cars. I mean, back then, I think he paid like 22 grand for it, which back in 91 was a lot of money. I mean, this thing was nice. It was black. It had license plate said after dark, AFDR dark. You know? I coveted that because I was a covetous individual. Yeah, you remember that. So anyway, one day I was in the gas station. Some guy came to, to you know pump gas. He gets out of his jalopy of a truck or whatever it was. I mean, this thing was just absolutely horrendous and he starts walking in toward the station and he left it and drive Gulp. and i'm standing there watching this thing going straight toward my nearly brand new asus <laughs> rodeo that i really really you know enjoyed and it just crashed right into it oh. and i remember i mean I, I remember like it was yesterday i remember i grabbed my my soda can casually walked out there looked at it go and I just go, oh, all right, no problem. And I remember just distinctly thinking, Lord, you have really changed wow. my yeah, heart. That's I, I could not have cared less. It was just like the things of eternity are what mattered to me. It was just transformational. Wow. And I think that's something that we as believers need to ask ourselves because I can admit, sadly, that you know, as I grew in the Lord, I found that there were times when I didn't have that attitude. Mm. You know, when, when lesser things irritated me, frustrated me, and, 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 and affected me. And I think I had that attitude back then because of the freshness of my conversion, mm. because I was so consumed with the things of eternity. They, they were so fresh to me. But, I mean, you're still like that today. Materialistic? For sure. Very. <laughs> yeah. In the, grand, in the grand scheme, yeah, I'm not possessed by, by the things of life, but there are times when, when things can, can grab a hold of me mm. and affect me you know? And um, yeah, Oscar. Um, I think the thing about materialism or greed, which is the root sin of materialism, is that the nature of greed is that it's blinding. It blinds you. Yeah. You don't realize it. Like I heard someone say one time, nobody, like I, he said, he's never um, had to tell somebody, hey, watch out, you might be committing adultery. 
because everyone knows when they're committing adultery, but nobody realizes when they're greedy, when they're dealing with materialism. Matthew 6, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? Mm. Exodus 23, verse 8, do not accept a bribe for a bribe blinds those who see and twists the word of the innocent. The scriptures are telling us we are blind to our own greed. And if you think about it, like no one, right? Like we've all been in pastoral positions before. Man, I've had guys confess to me that they are looking at pornography. I've had guys confess that they've lied, that they've stolen. I've heard stories of guys confessing sins like that. Never once in my time in ministry has everyone and anybody ever walked up to me and go, man, I'm greedy. I have to Mm. confess to you that I'm full of greed and materialism Mm. because we're blind to it. We all think, well, I'm not as greedy or materialistic as that guy over there. We all can point to a family member, a friend, someone who goes to church with us that we think, wait, they are, now that's a greedy person. And so we are all blind in ways to our own greed. But I do think that there are symptoms that helps us realize that we are greedy. And we live in Southern California, by the way. We live in Orange County. Like if there was ever a place that dealt with Uh, materialism. Oh yeah, you live in LA County. Uh, (laughs) But if there was ever a place that was embedded in the sin of materialism, it is here. Like we, I, where I live, Rancho Santa Margarita is, is a city that I live in, that I don't live in Rancho Santa Margarita, but it's a city that's near me. And that is one of the safest cities in the world. And yet there's gated communities inside that safe city. People don't buy gated communities in safe cities because they're afraid. They buy it because of the prestige. And you'll hear people say like, oh, I live in Dove Canyon, right? I live in XYZ. You'll hear people talk about homes like, oh, my home. They don't just say my old home. They'll tell you the square footage of their home. Right. See, we like we we have to. We just breathe the air of greed. Like we are yeah. constantly dealing with it. And the worst part is that I think a lot of pastors don't want to preach on this. Yeah. I used to have this pastor went to a very respected school that you all have, have. We've talked about on this podcast, and he got up and he talked about greed, and he starts by talking about false idols. We live in Orange County. And he starts talking about the false idols of Buddha and Muhammad. And don't get me wrong, those are false idols. Are they real idols or false idols? <laughs> well, the scriptures call them false <laughs> idols. Uh, but here's the thing. He lives in Orange County. Why didn't he talk about the Mercedes Benzes that everyone's pulling up in? The obsession over Teslas, the obsessions over bigger houses, the fact that we all have garages and that we all on top of the garages, some of us even have storage units to store the stuff that we can't store in our garages because we've run out of room. You see what I mean? Like we are all materialistic. We are all greedy, but we're all also blind to the greed that are, that is within us. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely is a blindness to it. And I think that it's also important to know that sometimes people who don't have can be the greediest. You know, sometimes we'll look at the materialistic realm as belonging to those that have a lot but you have those that, that are poor, but they're, they're still greedy and covetous and, and wanting, and they're more materialistic than even people that have a lot. I think you're talking about Timothy where he says, they that would be rich yeah. fall into a temptation. Yeah, in fact, let me, let me read that for us. I have it here. First Timothy 6, beginning in verse 6. Now godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. 
But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Mark, it really does come down to a love of money, doesn't it? I mean, we both know people that are extremely affluent and they're very non-materialistic. Thank you. <laughs> in, in terms of, you know, their, their, their attitude, their heart. Um, and it's really the love of money that, that is the problem. Yeah, yeah we, it's often misquoted, isn't it, that money is the root of all mm. kinds of evil, but it really isn't. It's the love of money. Um, Jim Carrey, he said, I wish everyone could experience what it's like to be rich so they can see that it doesn't bring the happiness that they think it does. Try me. <laughs> to which one person responded with, well, maybe you're shopping in the wrong places, Jim. <laughs> right. Uh, our friend Thomas Pertel, you know, he said, some people are so poor that all they have is money. Yeah. It's what are you, what are you doing with the resources that God is entrusting uh, to you. I, I, wanted, I want to live my life I in such a way. I had an old pastor friend that said, let, let nobody know whether or not you have a dime in your pockets or a million dollars, right? That uh, you, you're not living in, in a way that uh, you can be accused of mishandling God's money, because it's His, right? Everything we have belongs to Him. Uh, Rich Mullins, you know, I know that he had some really crazy theology, but he had some really beautiful music uh, way back in the 80s. And when, when he died... And they went inside of his apartment. They saw a little mattress that was on the ground, no table, no chairs, no other furniture. And he had lived off of 10% of the money that was coming into his life. And he was giving away 90% to the mission field to reach the field. But he, he wanted to live in such a way that when he died, there wasn't the ability, if he was asked the question, uh, what do you want to take with you? He goes, well, I have nothing to take with me because I gave it all away. I sent it forward. Wow. I pushed it upwards. So good. Right. Mm. Wow, that's really good. See, yeah. the Apostle Paul was a tent maker. And if you look at the word content, con with. <laughs> tent. <laughs> and Paul's dwelling place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Hebrews 13.5, I think, really nails it. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We've done a podcast episode on contentment before, and, and we talked about this passage here. But Ray, ultimately, freedom from materialism comes down to contentment specifically in Christ. I mean, we often will hear, right, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but we forget the context. I mean, the, the first part of the verse is, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, you have Christ, which means in him, you have all that you really need. Yeah, um, it's really hard to be without covetousness, and, and I guess say covetousness, but America says covetousness. Covetousness. So, okay, yes. I got the chess. I'm down with it. Um, because everywhere, everywhere we look, there is our advertisers trying to get rid of our contentment. Are you happy with your car that you got last year? It's it's trash. Yeah. You need the next one. You happy with your iPhone? No, no, the next model. Everything, the whole money industry is run on discontentment, trying to make us discontent. So we've got to be very careful what we look at, what we listen to, because it's going to take away our uh, contentment. I think comparison is the fuel that fires jealousy. Yeah, mm, that's true. And if you compare yourself to other people, that's when it's going to stir up discontent. So you just got to be very careful who you compare yourself to and what you compare yourself to. Yeah, yeah and, and I think another element of 
discontentment and that leads to materialism and wanting more is losing kind of the sense of what it is we really deserve, where we really should be. Uh, we should be consumed in the eternal flames of hell, and we're not. And then you look at what we do have, and then, and then you know, it's, it's always looking everywhere else. Like you said, right, you could be content with something that you're, you're enjoying, and then you look at what someone else has, and suddenly you almost forget about that thing. Yeah. And then it's like, what? You know, I mean, even to me, even pausing to remember the simple things. I think of you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brainless. I remember being at Bible college and reading the scripture in Mark chapter six. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink. Hmm. And then he goes on to say, look at the birds of the air or consider the lilies of the field. And I remember reading that. I remember I was on my knees uh, right next to my bunk. I was reading that text and my jaw just hit the ground that God takes care of the birds of the air. And, and this is what re- one of the reasons why to this day, when, when I wake up early in the morning and I hear the birds singing, it just brings joy yeah. to my heart that God's going to take care of them. He's going to take care of me. And what do we do with the scripture like this? We underline it. Do not worry about your life. We underline it. Some people color it. And it's been said that some people's Bibles are nothing more than an adult coloring book, mm. right? That we become hearers and not doers. We underline, we highlight, and then we walk away and we worry mm. about our lives. When we have the greatest authority on the subject, he has said that he's going to provide for all of our needs. Listen, you do not want that thing if God does not want you to have that thing. Amen. Right? You do not want to hit the lottery if God doesn't want you to hit the lottery. Listen, stop playing the lottery. You don't need to play the lottery. <laughs> you hear that, Oscar? Oh. <laughs> Oscar, stop it. $100 a week, Oscar, away he goes. It's coming, guys. It's coming. A day. And then who will be laughing? <laughs> <laughs> we'll suddenly become Oscar's best friends. Yeah, we love you, Oscar. <laughs> uh, but J.D. Rockefeller, during his time, he was worth uh, more than $900 million. In today's equivalence, I looked it up, it was something like more than $26 billion by today's, uh, uh, with crazy. inflation and everything else. But he was asked the question, how much is enough? And his response mm. is the response of our hearts. Famous. Mm. Just a little more. Yep. A little more. Well, and that's, uh, you know, I, and, and going back to what I said earlier, like, I love where you're going with this because to own a nice home isn't the sin. To have a nice car isn't the sin. What happens is we get a case of the if onlys. Uh, and that's what you're alluding to. The if only it starts when you're young. If only like I can graduate, then I'll be happy. If only I meet my spouse, then I'll be happy. If only we have kids and get married, I'll be happy. If only I buy a home. And then anybody who's ever bought a home, especially in Orange County, they know right around the two to four year marker that if only is keeping again. If only we had an extra room. Mm-hmm. If only we had a bigger yard. If only, you know, the if onlys make it so that you're never satisfied. Ecclesiastes 5.10, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. We Roger, have a case of I'm the onlys. Roger Whitaker, who you've probably never heard of, had a song called I Don't Believe in If Anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was a really powerful song because it had that whole thing. The if is ridiculous. It's an illusion. And it n- never, never brings what it's, uh, it should. It's like, what, it what is the scripture that says, just as hell and destruction are never full, so are the eyes of man never satisfied? Right. Yeah. Never, you'll never be satisfied. So right now, where you're at, pause and give thanks. Yeah, amen. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. What is the will of God? Pause, give amen. thanks 
This is the will of God. Giving well, thanks always for all things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the scripture says. At all times. It, it should cover every aspect of our lives. And it, like I was saying a little bit ago, you know, when you think about just pausing and contemplating the simple stuff that we take for granted, which really isn't simple. I mean, eyesight, the ability to hear. I thought you were talking about Ray when you said simple. <laughs> the ability to speak, the ability to remember, the ability to enjoy good food. Mm. I mean, we don't need anything outside of ourselves to have more than we could even imagine to give thanks for and to become content and grateful for, you know? And and even even those of us that are able-bodied, I mean, I love the saying that says, a man who had no shoes complained until he met the man who had no feet, you know? Just even being able-bodied, being able to get And around. the man who had no feet complained until he met a man without legs. And the man without legs <laughs> complained until he met the man without a head. <laughs> Oscar you know, didn't get that one. Go ahead. Uh, oh, I got it. Uh, He'll get a head. Um, <laughs> the, the thing too is that our, our lives... We, it's like we are fixated on all of the things that are make us unsatisfied to make us long for more. And our phones have a big part of that. And we even ourselves, like if you think about the way people post on their social media and the way we scroll on our social media, social media. Did is you realize designed. what you subconsciously did then? What? You pointed to your phone. I looked at your phone and you pulled it closer to you. I hit it. <laughs> yeah. I hit it. My precious. Materialistic Oscar. Uh, no, but you know, social media is designed to make us want. It's designed by organizations that want you to be materialistic so that you consume. And we play a role in that. When people post online, they're posting all their best things, they're all of their favorite moments, all of the places they visited, all the things that they own. And what it makes you do is it makes you desire desire. It makes you want, it makes you wish that you also had that thing. Uh, I went to, I was in Singapore recently and we, you know, my wife and I got to sit down and just experience and enjoy this amazing view. And people like were traveling from all over the world. They'd show up with their phones, they'd take their pictures and they'd leave. It's like they themselves are not even being able to experience the satisfying joy that comes from delighting in God and his creation because they're obsessed with taking the picture and then moving on to the next thing that they need to take the picture so that they create envy in the people Mm. that follow them. It's like this ongoing struggle that we all live in is to, to create in us a desire to consume, which is what moves our economy. Yeah. And you know, I I think the ultimate solution to materialism is to be a generous and giving person. Paul, when talking about not being a person who loves money, and he talked about being content with what you have, in the same chapter, he addressed those who do have a lot. So that means that, look, God does bless believers with material things and, and at various different levels and, and for different reasons. But I love what he said in, in verse 17 of 1 Timothy 6. He said, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So, I mean, right there, he could have said, command those who are rich to no longer be rich and to, to get rid of it all, right? But he's saying, look, those who are rich, command them not to be haughty and don't trust in your riches. They're uncertain, right? Trust in the Lord. He's given you all things to enjoy. God does that for his people. He gives them things to enjoy. That's okay. Let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may 
may lay hold of eternal life. So that's the call to those that have. And look, all of us sitting around this table, probably everyone listening to me today is extremely rich when, when you compare what we have compared to what other people have. And the call is to be generous. The call is, is to give, to be a person who isn't possessed by things. We possess things for the purpose of being a, a generous people who give and who share and who love. I love what Randy Alcorn said. He said, another benefit of giving is freedom. It's a matter of basic physics. The greater the mass, the greater the hold that mass exerts. The more things we own, the greater their total mass, the more they grip us, setting us in orbit around them. Finally, like a black hole, they suck us in. We think we own our possessions, but too often they own us. Every item we buy is one more thing to think about, talk about, clean, repair, (laughs) rearrange, fret over, and replace when it goes bad. That is so true. You know, you get an ornament. I love this. You put on a mantelpiece, and about 10 years later, you think, that thing looks dusty. And that's all it is. It's just gathering dust. What did it get that for? There are some things that I do treasure, like the um, plastic chicken that Ken Ham sent me. goes, (laughs) that's about it. I think about that every time I, I start to want a new car is I think, okay, wow, I, I really, yeah, I really like that car right there. But then I'll think, okay, look at that, that 15 year old version of that car. Ugh. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't really want that car. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. I, I like what you're saying. Z. I also think that there's a, there's a step between the two because we can't just replace one action with another amp action. That's just like stapling fruit onto a tree that's not producing good fruit, right? We cannot p- replace the action of materialism and greed with the action of generosity or we'll just be whitewashed tombs. And the temptation is that then we will use the little bit of generation that we have to keep us blind from all the stuff that we actually consume. So what needs to happen between those two gaps is true, deep repentance. What do I mean by deep repentance? Deep repentance is when we repent of the underlying lies or idols that we believe. And so that gets at like how we use money. I think that people use money in things for one of two reasons, either for approval, they want to have the approval of other people or because they want to feel important. I was actually at this backstage show. I have a friend who's in in a band. I was at a backstage show and there was this person who's a pretty sought after public speaker and not a Christian. She started talking about the writer. She's like, I won't show up for anything less than X. I won't go anywhere that is X. And I just thought like, you, you use money to make you, yourself feel important. You, you have a desire to feel approved or important. So first off, do we use it to make us feel important or approved? Another one is some people use money to feel safe to have control. This is, I will tell you now, this is my confession. That, that is where my temptation is. I grew up, you guys know, I grew up poor, f- far below the poverty line. And, and before I'm generous, I'm always like, do we have enough saved? Because if something happens, will I keep control? Will I keep my family safe and control? And there's prudence behind that, but there's also the temptation to maintain control rather than give it over to God in the context of generosity. And so what we need to do, you know, what I love in regards to this is ultimately the question is what is most precious to you? I love Lord of the Rings. In the middle of the Lord of the Rings story, there's this ring that has power. And anytime somebody gets that ring, eventually they start calling it the precious, my precious, and they obsess over keeping it. 
So the question is, in order for you to go from from consumer to truly generous, it's not just a matter of action. The question is, what is most precious to you? And here's the gospel, because we got to have the gospel in all of this. What was most precious to Jesus? Isaiah 53, which we just talked about, Jesus, it talks about the suffering servant being satisfied with the results of his suffering. In 1 Peter 2, it calls those who are saved by his blood, his prized possession. In Deuteronomy, it calls us the apple of his eye. In all of creation, everything that God has ever created, all of the worlds, all of the plants and animals that are here on earth, out of all of that, his prized possession are his saved people. You are God's precious. And that should release us from having these other preciouses in our lives. To cling to the God who calls you precious through his blood. That's, that's the gospel freedom that will truly remove ourselves from materialism into generosity. And ultimately becoming generous is becoming more like our savior. Yeah, amen. Yeah, it really comes down to what we're told in 1 Corinthians 13. You can even give away all of your possessions to feed the poor. You can give your body to be burned, but if you have not love, it profits nothing. And, and love is really at the heart of it all, right? I mean, the, the two greatest commandments with, upon which all the law and the prophets hang, to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love your neighbor as yourself. And that's really what needs to be the, the uh, fuel behind why we give and why we're generous. And really at the heart of it, true love is a genuine care for the supposed object of your love. Right? I mean, again, you're giving your, all your riches to the poor, but you're not doing it because you care for them. You're doing it for your own glory mm. or for your own reputation. You're not walking in obedience because you love God. You're doing it because you want to maintain your own standard of That's holiness good. and righteousness for your own spiritual reputation or whatever. Genuine care for the supposed object of your love demonstrated in action. And like you're saying, having Christ at the center of it all. So I also moved yesterday, I mentioned to you guys individually what I experienced at the local college where I asked college students, if you were God for a day, how mm. would you change things? And yeah. it was just so prov- provocative, the question. And it made them think. But one young guy said something that blew me away. I didn't expect it. I, I said, if you were God for a day, what would you do? And he said, I'd make everyone empathetic. Mm. And I thought, boy, how profound that is for a non-Christian to say everyone empathy. Because if we've got empathy, we will give. We'll be the good Samaritan. We'll be good and kind to other people. So humanity can't get that level of empathy towards other people until we come to Christ. And then we've got a genuine empathy that comes from God. That's good. All right. Here's a quote by Augustine. (sighs) Wow. Listen. Listen. That's empathy. Quote. Close quote. (laughs) Fitting because Augustine never existed. Now, listen to this quote by Augustine. I was so hopeful. God is always trying to give good things to us, but our hands are too full to receive them. Ooh, ouch. (laughs) Mark, that reminds me of of something you've you've said uh, for a long time, and that's that if our arms are full, right, we can't fully embrace Jesus. Hmm. We have to drop everything in order to be able to wrap both our arms around him, you know, and... And, and that's so true. Uh, Alistair Begg said, hold material goods and wealth on a flat palm and not in a clenched fist. Mm. Mark, how key is that to, to recognize that nothing really belongs to us? That, that's right. You know, um, uh, Christina Pertel sent me a, uh, a picture of a plaque that she has up inside of her house. 
And it says, I still remember the time I prayed for all I have today. Hmm. Right? Wow. Yeah, we, we, we have to understand that everything we have belongs to the Lord. And that's not to say that uh, it's easy to give things out, right? I mean, it may not be easy for a firefighter to run into a burning building, but he still does it. Yeah. You don't have to wait for this weird unction to fill an amazing amount of joy in order to do something. And that reminds me uh, of a text with uh, uh, Jesus canceling the rich young ruler. Hmm. Remember, he, he had all of these great possessions. He says... If you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, then come and follow me. But then in verse 22 of uh, Matthew's gospel here, it says, But when the young man heard the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. We need to note something here. We don't know what he did. Yeah. We don't know if he went and sold or if he went and kept. We assume that he still hoarded everything to himself. Listen, this guy and what he did is not the narrative of the story. Jesus and his dealings with mankind is the narrative of the story. So when we deal with text like this, we have to also remember that that is us. That at any given moment, God requires different actions from us, and we don't have to feel amazing when we respond in the affirmative to what he is calling us to do. Sometimes we just need to do what is right because it's right. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. That's good. Uh, Let let me draw to a close here with a couple quotes by by John Piper. you know, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to follow him up because they're so Juan. good. Juan Piper. Juan Piper. <laughs> Juan Piper. Quit being satisfied with little 2% yields of pleasure that get eaten up by the moths of inflation and the rust of death. Invest in the blue chip, high yield, divinely insured securities of heaven. Giving your life to material comforts and thrills is like throwing money down a rat hole. But a life invested in the labor of love yields dividends of joy unsurpassed and unending. <laughs> Dang. I mean, right? What do you say after that? And then listen, listen to this one. It says, if you don't see the greatness of God, then all the things that money can buy become very exciting. If you can't see the sun, you will be impressed with a streetlight. If you've never felt thunder and lightning, you'll be impressed with fireworks. And if you turn your back on the greatness and majesty of God, you'll fall in love with a world of shadows and short-lived pleasures. That's really good. So what do you say after that? I can't breathe (laughs) after that, man. Yeah, amen. That's it, right? And I love that, that image. You know, if you're not... If you're not content, I mean, if, if, you, if you're not blown away by the sun, you know, you can't see the sun. Yeah, street, street light. light. Whoa. <laughs> you know, I mean, fireworks are pretty amazing. We had 4th of July not too long ago, and it's like, oh, all these, what do you, <laughs> you've seen lightning and thunder, mm. man, you know? And uh, that's just good. And then this, this little poem by an unknown author, I counted dollars, me. I counted dollars while God counted crosses. I counted gains while God counted losses. I counted my worth, my things gained in store, and he sized me up by the scars I bore. Wow. I counted honors and sought degrees. He counted the hours I spent on my knees. I never knew until one day by the grave how vain are the things that we spend life to save. <laughs> you got to put those quotes down in the description. Those are amazing. Ah, uh, yeah. There's a, yeah, I don't know who, this is an unknown author, but... But yeah, friends, that, that's that's it. He writes quite a lot. I've seen him around. 
unknown. <laughs> <laughs> the most prolific author ever. Here's my his friend son. anonymous. <laughs> yes, here's my son unknown. <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, guys, I, I'm I'm refreshed personally just to to step back and say, Lord, are there things that I'm allowing to possess me? Mm. How do I react when something is misplaced? How do I react when something gets damaged? How do I react when I, I can't have this or that, or the funds are short, or am I eternally minded? Am I concerned with the things mm. of your Your car just got written off in the, in the parking lot accident. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, all right, anything else to add, guys? No. Evidence Bible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's not materialistic is owning your own evidence Bible. Don't be content until you get the evidence Bible, friends. Yeah, and get that wooden treasure chest full of coins. <laughs> oh, that's wow. funny. There you have it. Anyway, get those things, friends. That's probably the funniest thing that this podcast has ever said. Yeah. That's really good. Hilarious. Well, thanks for joining us, friends. Make sure, again, to email us at podcast.livingwaters.com and to uh, keep uh, subscribing and giving us those ratings and comments and telling people about the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you here next time on the Living Waters Podcast, the ultimate cure for insomnia. Like a whistling pig. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too. Those of you who are listening, just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters Podcast.